From Bureaucracy's Basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Each week, the dedicated staff of the Bureau meet to make recommendations, file reports, and survive on water that drips from the boiler pipes in the back room into our open mouths as we sleep on a bed of dot matrix printer paper. One day, maybe, we'll escape from this subterranean hellhole, but until that day comes, this city is not going to improve itself. So here we stay, improving things. This meeting is now in session. Hello. Oh, oh, hi. Um, hi. Am I in the right place? What? Who? Paul, the guest Uh, is not supposed to talk until we're done our banter. Nobody told me that. I thought I was in on the banter. Okay, you can be in on the banter. We're making an exception here. Uh, we have a guest tonight, and they're bantering. They are Julian Wallerspoon. Yeah, just try to stop me from my banter. But we're we're men, Julian. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. I didn't ask permission to banter. I'm God. Oh man, I should have I should have just said we're dudes, and then would have would have been taken care of. This you is, know, next time. This is so embarrassing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's let's start over. Excuse me, am I in the right place? What can I get you anything? Do you want me to take notes? Yes, could you uh could you bring the cake? Did you buy the cake for the meeting? We explicitly asked you to buy the cake. We asked somebody to buy the cake. Um, is it you? I think it's you. I didn't bring any cake. I'm sorry. Okay, I, cake. I was busy. Um I didn't have room for notes because I didn't have pockets uh in any of my clothing uh and it just sort of slipped my mind. That's okay. We li- we like you anyways. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So how is everybody tonight? Good. Hey, actually, I know something we could get you to do, Julian. Mm-hmm. Could you take attendance for us? Oh. Uh, yeah, because we can't have a meeting till we have attendance. Right. Uh, I, I didn't know that was part of taking notes. Uh, sure. So, uh, sorry, who are you both again? Uh, I'm Paul DeShane. Paul. Don't even try a, to spell it. With a D, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and, and this person... Well, this is a little Adrian? awkward because uh, maybe it's Nathan. Might yeah. even be David. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna call myself Aiden for the purposes of the meeting. Aiden, Aiden, yeah. Aiden. Yeah, just e? Okay, you get out. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. When you when you're related to an Aiden, you you know exactly how to push an Aiden's buttons. That's uh, that was pretty good. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, yes. No, Aiden Morgan. I am here. That well, leaves uh, me, Julian Walterspoon. Sorry, yes, I keep talking Julian. over you. So, uh, Julian, our guest, thanks for coming and thanks for hijacking the meeting. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. You're welcome. Um, hey, Julian, are you are you are you skeeting on blue sky yet? Am I skeeting on blue sky yet? I don't think yeah. so. Oh no, I'm See, not in on the joke. It's it's actually not even a joke. Um, blue sky is the sort of the latest competitor to Twitter. Um, invites are scarce on the ground. And only only the elite few uh, are allowed onto Blue Sky, uh, which is weird because Paul and I actually have managed to get invites to Blue Sky. Uh, I have yet to I have yet to skeet though. I, I have been skeeting up a storm. I'm scared. Uh, I'm scared. The people on there are so much cooler than me, and have I'm such fair. a have such a more global view of the world. I'm afraid that if I start ranting about uh, Regina City Council, they will just boot me from Blue Sky. No, you'll be niche skeeting. It'll be it'll be great. Oh, niche skeeting! I didn't know yeah. that was a thing. Yes, it's when you skeet into like a narrow. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't want to continue that sentence. Anyway, we we got but we got our invites from a, from a cool a cool person. We did a cool a cool non-binary partner of mine. Who's, I like. Uh, but anyway, uh, enough 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 talk about the latest social network. Yeah, Julian, you're here for a reason today. Um, and it's because of a Twitter drama. It is. It is yeah. about a Twitter drama. I'm sorry. Recently, uh, it's Trina Nelson again, who uh, has taken to Twitter and uh, has has caused a hullabaloo. I would, I would say. Yeah. Could you like basically? Could you just explain to us what happened? Uh well, I don't know. So, is this the kind of podcast where you have like? Um, uh, like those like cool musical like drops to like introduce somebody oh, God, because no. 
Before no. we start, if you're, I would like some sort of like techno version of the West Wing theme with like a loop of Sam Seaborn saying like, are you the author of the unsigned note? Um, that would be great. Uh, so I'll see I if guess. I can find it in my deck. Okay, great. Uh, before I sign off on any of this, uh, I would, I would like to, uh, t- I would like to have such a thing. Um, so I guess my second, my lead up question to that is like, is this a podcast where anybody will get that joke or is that too deep of a cut? I think, I think there is some of our audience will, will grok that one. Okay. If cool, there is cool, a cool, podcast cool. in Regina that will get it, this is the one. Yeah. Excellent. Um, because there's so many to choose from. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Trina Shaw, I mean, where do was, where does one start? Here's, yeah. a, here's where I'm going to start. I'm going to start with just like the absolute, uh, just like all the understanding in the world of like the impulse to self-destruct on Twitter, like, um, and just like over tweet until somebody does a wellness check, right? Like this is the energy that we're going into the week with. Um, and so, yeah, my understanding of it is uh, there was some tweeting going on. There was maybe some doxing of people who live uh, in Regina by elected officials. Um, and uh, and when that was called out, there was a surprise reveal that uh, screenshots from a private uh, from a private group chat were being shared around um, as proof that uh, women in Regina um, are, are somehow controlled by Dan LeBlanc and uh, Andrew Stevens. Um, and so I don't know. Is that a good synopsis? Is that a good place to start? It's it's yeah. tantalizing. I think it gives us a great yeah. overview. Doesn't give too many details. I'm hungry to know more. I mean, I am too, to be fair. Uh, <laughs> I think that, um, yeah, what we're, uh, I guess what the reference was, uh, was to this, like, this um, letter that was penned, like, several months ago and signed by, you know, over 100 uh, women and uh, non-binary uh, people uh, and femmes in Regina, uh, sort of in response to comments uh, that our dear uh, feminist mayor made uh, about the possibility that there might be um, some sexism uh, behind uh, calls for democracy. Um and so this letter went out. It was there was news. There was organizing around it. We got people to sign. Um, and then it seemed like that was the end of it, right? It was just like that was the news cycle. We can all move on with our lives. Um, but that's never the way that it is in in the city of Regina. In the in the midst of that, uh, in the midst of that organizing, I guess it was sort of taken or is being taken as um, a group of uh, poor, controlled feminist leaders uh, in our community who uh, are are being uh, puppeted by 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 men uh, on city council, uh, and so that's where I stepped in, and I think why I got invited uh, because uh, I had my moment of I wasn't going to put my name on this, but uh, for various reasons, but now I need to come forward uh, and I need to admit that I am the author of the note uh, <laughs> of the letter, uh, big reveal, uh, and that it's laughable uh, that anyone let alone Dan LeBlanc, <laughs> could t- ever tell me what to do. Um, and I'm not going to lie that like the same energy that sort of like Trina came in on Twitter of just like, I'm going to tweet until somebody does a wellness check is the exact same energy that I came back with. Like, I actually wrote that. Let's talk about it. <laughs> so. Yeah. so the stuff that she posted, uh, I just called it up here. There's... Um, somebody had taken umbrage with her basically doxing somebody she was helping in the community. And then she responds with, did Dan tell you to say that? Or did Andrew, 100 women, please stand up. But first, ask Dan and Andrew if you can. And she eventually made reference to this exchange where that she, she posted this. And it's a, it looks like a private text chat. Yeah. And like, I'll just like kind of summarize what's in there, but somebody in the text chat mentions that, you know, we've heard from Dan and he'd like, he, he uh, wants the letter to come from women only. And this person who by name identifies as a woman says, this makes sense. Somebody else in this three text chain says, no, I don't agree with that. So there's like a dialogue in here 
You know, there's not agreement from the parties to this very short clip out of the text chain that's, you know, very cherry picked to make it look like Dan is the one who's giving the orders. When okay, fact- from, uh, from, this is actually, I've, I hadn't seen this before. So just so he said, just from my, from what it sounds like to me is that in this chain is that someone said, hey, Dan, would you like to sign this letter? Right. Or something or something of that nature. And he had responded, no, I don't. If, if this is supposed to come from women, it should come from women. And uh, and then someone said, yeah, I agree with Dan. And somebody else said, I don't agree with Dan. Is that what's is that a fair sort of like bit of speculation on my part? Because uh, the other thing is the the other the other thing, of course, is that Dan is the controlling puppet master of the of his hundred woman harem um of 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 fembots or something i don't know i hate all of those words that you just used <laughs> i hate them too i i but man uh Ugh. yeah no i think it was um it was more so somebody checking in so here's like a a concept that is just like completely alien to a person uh like Trina Shaw uh which is that people were checking in with Dan to be like, what is the most helpful way to present this letter? Mm-hmm. Um, at which point Dan was like, I don't know. It's not my letter. Uh, and other people okay. made the decision that no, it should just maybe just come from women because like, it's not a good, it isn't. It's, I think that's a quote in that got screenshot. It's like, it's not a good look uh, mm-hmm. when like men defend other men uh, against uh sort of accusations um, right. of abuse because we've seen how that sort of like piles on in like actual uh, uh, cases of abuse where um, where that sort of ends up being really harmful. Uh, and so, yeah, so the conversation was basically somebody was like, hey, I hear there's a letter going around, Dan. What's, you know, what's the deal? Um, and Dan basically parroting back what he had heard that like... Right. I, yeah, we just want women uh, so, to be signing it for now. And there's other ways that uh, that men can uh, can help out. Um, but yeah, that's basically what is evidence there is like this like completely alien concept that you would like reach out to somebody and be like, is my help going to actually be helpful to you? Is it going to center the right people? It's about you. <laughs> uh, and so when you're a person who like, tweets photos of the inside of somebody else's house to show how good of a person you are um i feel like i can understand where the confusion would lie right well i think i think to be fair uh counselor uh formerly shot now nelson by the way uh you know was just following the example of uh jesus in the you know in the parable of the good samaritan when jesus cleaned up uh, someone's house and then took photos and publicized their address and then posted memes with African children, taunting, oh. taunting everyone who thought she, that, taunting everyone who thought he was being tasteless. That's, I think that's. Yeah. That's that, my that's favorite parable. I, yeah. 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 Um, here, I just want to, I got to read another tweet from counselor Shaw. Very sad that a man dictates how the letter is written and by whom time for the truth to come out. Bizarre. It doesn't feel like anything we've seen in vagina politics before. Certainly not in my memory. Just hey. approaching this levels of pure propaganda. Hey, we're on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. We're the Queen City Improvement Bureau chatting with Julian Watherspoon about uh, some Twitter drama uh, regarding the, uh, the, the whole hullabaloo with housing and homelessness that just will not end. Yeah, thanks um, for having me. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on. Hey, I went and uh, I checked out uh, LinkedIn and I ended up reading a post by Councillor Nelson on LinkedIn. Uh, This councillor has been very upset about the lawsuit that was brought against the city manager uh, for a very long time and wrote a fairly lengthy post about it. Um, I believe Councillor Shaw was actually on the the hiring committee that hired uh, Nikki Anderson, the uh, city manager. So she talks about how great it is to have uh, Nikki Anderson as a city manager. Um, And then 
she uh, gears shift in this post to our city was booming with excitement at this decision and looking forward to working alongside Anderson. The budget was one of Anderson's first tasks when starting this position. And she made an outstanding discovery. She found a way to trim out $2.9 million from the budget for taxpayers in Regina. That is a nice number to hear. But unfortunately, the focus was turned away from her million-dollar savings discovery and towards a lawsuit that was filed against her from Councillor LeBlanc and Councillor Stevens in regards to a proposal that City Council agreed to in June for $24 million in funding to end homelessness in Regina. Um, so that's from Councillor Nelson's LinkedIn post trying to like explain what the situation is. Um, there is a very different narrative on LinkedIn about what's been going on in Regina than there is on Twitter. Uh, it's a more professional network. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, uh, city administration, like uh, managers and up who, you know, are expressing, you know, dismay at what happened to uh, the city manager here uh, last year and, uh, you know, expressing support. Uh, it's interesting that one of the things that's building that narrative is this post from Councillor Nelson, which is just riddled with factual errors. Throughout. Yeah. Like the, the proposal was not to spend $24 million on ending homelessness. The proposal was to like put a line in the budget that would, you know, fulfill the, the goal of ending homelessness that we had set five years ago. And no figure had been put to it. And it's largely, you know, felt that the $24 million figure that was put on it was a juiced figure to make it, you know, unfeasible for council to say yes to ending homelessness. And then this $2.9 million, Nikki <laughs> Anderson didn't find $2.9 million in the, uh, the new budget. She just basically said, oh, yeah, I'll find $2.9 million. Leave it to me. I'll find it. And then she came back with a report saying how she would do it. That doesn't tell how she's going to do it. It just says, yeah, we're going to do uh, vacancy management is the term, I think. Mm -hmm. And we're going to do, we're going to find savings. That's basically all the report said. And as we're discovering, this is far harder to do with this council than uh, I think Nikki Anderson realized when she said, oh yeah, I can find $2.9 million because council has just said, hey, we need a whole new municipal corporation with a new staff. Uh, can you do that for us? So there goes your vacancy management right out the window. And because we had like a big snowfall at the end of the winter this year, mm -hmm. we are now uh, $1.6 million deeper in the hole than we thought we would be when she <laughs> said, we will find you $2.9 million. So I think that's going to be a hollow promise or a very difficult one to fulfill because basically she now has to find $2.9 million Plus, there's $1.6 million that our, you know, our reserve fund is lost because of the winter, the winter maintenance budget not being what it's needed. So anyways, this is the state of the discourse on LinkedIn on this thing. Sorry to ramble on. There. There's a couple of interesting things there about the way that we tell this story, too. I think the first one is just like speaking of, you know, women uh mm. just the complete erasure of like florence in any of this yep. uh, was like also a citizen involved uh with this uh with this lawsuit um and so that like framing of it of like oh well you know she's being bullied or she's being you know all of this stuff as opposed to the conversation which i think is like why i wanted to write a letter like this it's like um that this is an unelected employee who is making decisions to just like reverse decisions that elected uh, officials have made. Um, and it wasn't like, it wasn't like you're going to put it in the budget and it will definitely make it to the end of the budget. Like, that's not what we were talking about. Um, but I think what actually happened was like, whatever maneuvering happened actually, you know, when we say, whether or not they would say yes to this it's like well we didn't actually even give them the chance and why didn't we give them a chance because nobody wants to be the person who voted against homeless people right it's just such a cop-out and it's just so it's like anti-democratic mm -hmm. and it's anti-feminist and it's like anti all of these other things and so to like turn around and then be like this smacks of sexism was just like i saw red like i absolutely <laughs> i was like are you kidding me right now because I like, like, who do you think 
is struggling like as housing prices go up like you know uh the vast majority of single parent homes like who do you think is running them women like women who are uh street involved are like exponentially more likely to like experience violence and to have like bad health outcomes and like all of these other things it's like who do you think is actually being hurt by this um it's it's not it's not nikki nikki's not being hurt by this they they haven't been victimized by like a a court action from uh from like two counselors and a citizen like the way that that the city manager has so uh, they, yeah, they've, they've they, have, never they have made... Chief Bray and the police to do that for them, though, so it's fine. Yeah, it's it's frustrating <laughs> because there. It seems that there was a way for this to proceed. All the like plot points could have happened the way they did, and it didn't have to end in the sort of like accusations of sexism. Just didn't have to end this way. And yeah. I, I feel like if the mayor had stepped in and you know made a clear distinction that this is a lawsuit against the office of the city manager, right? Especially since this was happening at a time of transition where, you know, arguably it was the previous city manager who was just as responsible for where we got to in this case as it was the new city manager. If the mayor had made it clear that this is against um, the office of the city manager, I believe Councillor LeBlanc and Councillor Stevens and Florence made that clear in their communications to the public. But instead, it was turned into this 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 issue of personal harassment. And it was the mayor who was the first person to, you know, basically judge this as an act of sexism. And I don't think it had to go in that direction. It it felt like there was a political calculation there to turn this into a different controversy. So. Yeah, it was kind of a baller move. And I'm actually like a little upset that... It was somebody I don't agree with who just like masterfully did it. (laughs) How do you think the community sees this right now? I mean, I, it's hard to say. I think, um, I think you're right. Like the, the, the way that this story is told on just like, even just different social media platforms is like really illustrative of the fact that like, I mean, a lot of us are living in silos uh, and, and like, who knows at the end of the day, um, but I know in my circles, it's just, um, it's, it's just, a, yeah, it's a lot of frustration um, with this sort of um, this brand of feminism that just like wants to um, sort of play like oppression politics almost and just like, uh, or like Olympics, like just wants to like compete with one another about like, who's all of this as opposed to just like, having any sort of like structural analysis. Um, and I think, and I mean, I say brand of feminism, it's like, it's white feminism and we can call it what it is. And as a white mm-hmm. woman, I think it's important that I do that, that I say like, this is a specific kind of feminism that like protects white women in power um, and that allows them to just distract and not have conversations that are hard for them. And so I know in the communities that I serve uh, and in the communities that I am, you know, live in and work in um, it's, it's just a lot of like, well, she's certainly not the first (laughs) and she won't be the last. Um, But boy, is it disappointing and is it exhausting? And so frustrating that when, when that was originally passed, unanimously counsel to like fund uh, an end to homelessness, the mayor got to take the victory lap, right? You know, of course we're going to fund the end of homelessness. That's, that's what we do. But then it's almost like, and I've seen this before at council where they, they, they make the gesture, the symbolic gesture in one meeting, but then they also get to take the victory lap for being fiscally prudent at a later meeting by reversing (laughs) what they had done in that earlier meeting. It doesn't mm-hmm. stop there, though, because there's been a lot of little quips about like, uh, oh, well, we already do things and oh, maybe it's housing yeah. first. That's the issue. And, uh, you know, quips in, about like, oh, we just throw people into homes. And I'm like any yeah. every person who's who works anywhere close to the sector can tell you that that's not what this that's not what this is. Yeah. Um, and there's like li- like decades worth of research to show that it works. Um, yeah. And so just um, but I mean, I guess that's the world that we live in. We're just like uh people who are uh people can just have opinions about things that are like against all evidence and they just like get to stand yeah and they can be in office and they can be in office and they can be judges who like you know 
decide like that the FDA is wrong and they can be uh, school administrators who decide that like trans people aren't real and they can be like, it's just, this is the world we live in, I guess. Hey, we got about three minutes left. What, what should we be doing next? Um, as, in regards to? I don't know. Just in general. We were talking about this before the show started, that there's like 18 months until the next election. Right. After four years, it'll be about three and a half, maybe, uh, before election stuff starts to happen of this council. I don't know about all y'all, but I am freaking beat. I'm so done right yeah. now. And I like, and I know that like this is this is not much of a controversy, but this is the quiet time before the next total cluster. Mm. And the, you know, the next time that we're on Jimmy Kimmel or uh <laughs> something like the the controversies do not stop with this administration. And um, I don't know if I can handle another and uh, there's going to be organizing to get a business development friendly um, counseling next time in all the wards. How do people after getting beaten down by this uh, last four years, keep trudging forward into the next election cycle? Yeah, I think I mean, those are all really great questions. And I think conversations that I've been having a lot lately um, of just like feeling really put out. It's like, oh, like we actually did a lot of work last time and we elected a a progressive council. Like that was the celebration. That was the victory lab we all took was like, look at all of these like great, um, you know, uh, progressive whoever. Uh, that is sitting on council and we're going to do all of these things about um, sustainability and we're going to do all these things about houselessness and harm reduction. And and it was just so hopeful. And it's like, even with that majority, we like, it's almost like the system is designed to not be able to do those things. Um, And so there's a lot of frustration there. And so I think um, for personally, for me, I want my focus sort of coming into this next election, just to be engagement with communities who um are often actively dis- like disengaged or disenfranchised um, in these systems. So um, just like a good old fashioned like voter engagement of like, you know what, I'm not working for any one person, anyone, uh, uh, you know, who mayor candidate or, or ward. I just want to go out into these communities and be like, do you ha- like what help do you need to get the ID, the ID that you need to be able to vote? Do you need a ride? Like, what do you, how do we engage people who are just being actively disenfranchised at every turn uh, to show up and make sure that their voices aren't lost in all of this drama? Right. Mm-hmm. I was going to, I was going to say uh, drugs. Drugs. Yeah. Like, yeah also. Like, yeah. I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't do drugs. Jesus is my drug. Nice. <laughs> so you, Trina you and, and I have that both. in common. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, we should head into the innovative revenue tools. Yeah. Uh, where should I send these the notes that I took for this meeting? You can leave should them I, here. Should I file them before I go? I could do some filing, some light filing. Oh yes. Okay. Great. Uh, thanks for your permission to speak today. I Anytime. guess you're welcome. With, with yeah. permission. Thanks a lot for coming on, Julian. We're back from Innovative Revenue Tools. Oh yes, sorry, I uh, I didn't really hear them. I was I was skeeting again. Oh, were you? Yeah, I'm I'm live skeeting my reaction to uh, Marvel Studios Ant Man and the Wasp colon Quantumania. Uh, and what did you have to say about it? Not much because I I can't actually see it. Oh. So I just I'm just having to imagine. Right. Marvel Studios, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. I think they're at a Who concert. I think that's... That's got to be it. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's good. That's that's what I've been skeeting. So so I'm glad I am glad I got it right. Good. That way I'm, I, I can be authentic. You don't want to make a fool of yourself in front of all those like movers and shakers on, on Blue Sky. No, no. It would be, that would be even worse than making a fool of myself on community radio. Right. Which which I Wouldn't which I would that. never stoop to doing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh hey yeah we're broadcasting into several cars right now. Ooh jeez. Hey strange so was, thought. Yeah. 
There's like kids getting driven home from school right now who are listening to us on a Monday afternoon. I, I actually what the heck just happened. Yep. Well, I act, it's funny because I, I met a guy mm-hmm. one time who said, I recognize your voice. And I said, where from? I said, my name's Aiden. And he said, oh, I was driving home one day. My mom picked me up to take me home from work. And I heard your voice and she listens to your show. So what you're saying is absolutely accurate. It's people's children hearing us in their parents' cars. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I worry what they'll grow up into, but <laughs> this is the world we're creating, Aiden. Yeah, it's uh, this is this is the future that liberals want. Yeah, well, uh, liberals uh, got something they've been wanting for a while, and Ooh. it happened at the last city council meeting: electric kick scooters, Aiden. They're are now they- a thing. They are a thing in our city. Oh, man. I like that. I like that very much. I uh, was watching the meeting and uh, the last council meeting, they actually passed the bylaws. So at the meeting before that, they passed the report. And uh, it was interesting because uh, there had, it, it actually didn't look like it was going to happen. It looked like we were going to be, you know, the city that banned electric kick scooters and had like a more, uh, like for, for companies that wanted to like rent them, we would have had this like ridiculously Byzantine bylaw to handle it. Uh, Councillors Hawkins and a bunch of people changed their minds. We're like, this is absurd. We can't like ban people from having electric kick scooters. So uh, Hawkins reversed his vote. A uh, bunch of votes reversed and council passed it. Electric kick scooters are now a thing you're allowed to have in Regina. They're legal. When the bylaw passed, I got an email within like three minutes saying uh, uh, it was a press release from city communications saying electric kick scooters are legal. And I like, I immediately like reached for my electric kick scooter to go kick scooting, but I don't have one. So (laughs) it was alas. The thought, the thought, the thought was very important. Um, So now, now hopefully, I mean, two things. One, this gives Regina drivers, like the opportunity to run more things over. Yeah. Yeah. And, and at least to shout out angrily from, from their windows, yeah. uh, which they need, they need, they need something. They have to vent their anger. Uh, like, uh, you know, driving an SUV, it's just it generates like anger at the outside world. Yeah. You need to vent it, uh, you know, by with the sight of smaller vehicles. Yeah. And, anyway. Uh, but yeah, I was actually, I was recently in Calgary and, uh, there's electric kick scooters that you basically rent um, all over the place. And they're brilliant. Yeah. And I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad we can get them here because maybe we can start getting rentals. Yeah. Yeah. That would be fantastic. A lot of cities have it. Um, we we're going to be late to the party once again. Hey, I even heard that in Vancouver they have. So uh, in some cities, what they have is like an electric kick scooter. You you find it on your app. You mm-hmm. take it. You go for a kick scoot, and you just yep. leave it wherever you want. You just leave it, and yep. it gets logged in the app. Somebody can find it, use it, go anywhere. And then, you know, at the end of the day, the company comes around and cleans them all up. There is a company in Vancouver that's doing the same thing with freaking cars. What? Yeah. So you can, like, you go to your app. You there's a car near you. You go get the car. You drive the car to your destination. You leave it there. So, well, I, I met I met a guy. I had a conversation with a guy mm-hmm. if, in 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 this here city, who uh, I and I this was uh, was t- telling him about the car share program, which is similar in principle to what you're discussing, mm-hmm. and he was uh, he was horrified by the idea. Like he kept laughing and looking like, like we had proposed. I don't know. I don't even know. Like burning down houses. I, I, I have no idea. And uh, when I, I asked, I said, so what is it about this? He's like, I'm not sharing my car with anyone as if he thought people were coming to take his car away. So I, it was. So you just misunderstood what car share meant. I, I think, well, I think he had this, 
I think he projected this notion of this horrible communist carless world immediately in which nobody was allowed to own cars and they had to be shared with strangers. I'm, I'm convinced that like he was unable to think of like a world in which people owned cars and he got to keep his own car, but also other people who had nothing to do with them could share a car. And that, and that was beyond this guy's imagination. Uh, we live in a dark time. We live in a dark time because I think a lot of people think like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just think they, if you, you propose certain things and they have this like apocalyptic imagination based on their own sort of like bizarre fears that they and their pals, you know, use to scare each other, like tales to scare each other on Facebook, like children around a campfire. Yeah. Well, it's like the 15 minute city conspiracy theory. No. Have we talked about that? I don't know if we've talked about it on air. I mean, I, I'm too terrified of the concept of the 15 minute city uh, to even discuss it because I know that even discussing it might summon that terrible world in which we are like, you know, confined to neighborhoods, unable to move more than 15 minutes. You know what they say? If you say 15 minute city three times, in a dark bathroom in front of a mirror, it'll appear behind you. <laughs> and an urban planner will appear behind you and, yeah. and, and pants you and laugh. It's and then you won't be able, yeah, he'll like pull your pants down and then you won't be able to get anywhere in 15 minutes because your pants will be around your ankles. Yeah, it happened to my friend's cousin one time on Facebook. I didn't read it, but my friend said he'd read it. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, for another day. Um, Hey, some other stuff happened to that council meeting. Tell me, tell me. Uh, Well, one of the things that happened, actually, I have to, I I think I have to make an apology on air. Because I, I shot my mouth off on Twitter, as I do occasionally. Uh, there was a city administration uh, was was recommending that another surface parking lot be approved in the downtown. And this surface parking lot would be on a chunk of city owned land. And uh, it was for, it was a parking lot for the food bank. Uh, and I was very upset about this uh, because once again, we're getting another surface parking lot downtown And this time it's not just city administration recommending that we do it. They were like proactively um, providing surface parking to somebody. Um, And apparently I'm the bad guy this time because it's for the food bank. And it was all Mm -hmm. part of the food bank plan to move a food bank onto Broad Street and 12th. And uh, they need this parking lot for... um, for their drive-through hamper program, apparently. And so this is a good surface parking lot, I've been told, and that I should stow my surface parking lot negative negativity. Um, well, I'm here to tell you, Paul, that there are no good surface parking lots. Thank you. Yeah, I'm still kind of in that camp. <laughs> I mean, this is horse doo-doo. Um, yeah. So... Uh, you know, th- they're approving this. This is a, this is a uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, discretionary zoning. Normally these are done temporarily. This one is not a temporary discretionary zoning. This is an eternal discretionary zoning. So if the, fo- if the food bank opens at this location and then they close and move somewhere else, that mm-hmm. surface parking lot is still there, right? Like that approval is still there for whoever right. buys the lot. If the city sells that lot to somebody else, it's still zoned surface parking lot. Right. So they've, they've made this in perpetuity. Uh, they're saying that the lot is uh, contaminated, so it can't be used for anything except a surface parking lot. It's a city lot that they just haven't cleaned up, in other words. Right. And the south half they want to turn into some kind of like recreational amenity, like a playground structure. On top of contaminated land. I always, I always love that. I mean, I, I, I kind of understand that you know that you can probably put people on top of contaminated yeah. area, but I love it when they say, "Oh, we can't have anything that's contaminated." And then, well, we can have children. Yeah. 
exactly. cake <laughs> in the radioactive dirt, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, in the chemical dirt. Uh, my understanding, actually, with that surface parking lot, is that they're enclosing it in a null entropy zone, so that oh. even even when like the the Earth itself crumbles away. Uh, and the sun expands. The that parking lot will still be there. Oh, good, good. Yeah. At least, at least there will be something of the Queen City left. Yeah, but still, God will have a place to put it. Park his SUV at the <laughs> yeah. end of time. Yeah, yeah. That's that's really great. That's really great. <laughs> Helpful. Yeah. Um, I think it's worth noting too that this food bank may not be long for that location. I don't know this for a fact, but uh, one of the three downtown locations, and we do know this from the Catalyst Committee report, one of the downtown locations for the stadium or the new arena, sorry, Mm -hmm. is across the street, is across Broad Street from this uh, food bank location. Um, So my guess would be that if they were to build an arena across the street on Broad from this food bank, that food bank, will not last forever. It will be turned into a hotel or something at some future location. Uh, and, you know, if they turned it into like a, you know, a hotel, there's a surface parking lot already zoned for them right there. Sweet. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So, yeah, that happened. And that passed. Oh, and by the way, we're on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio. We're the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Uh, so yeah, well, well, we got a new surface parking lot downtown to add to the ever expanding, uh, surface parking lot, uh, inventory we have down there. Uh, we did get something good on 15th Avenue. Um, a developer has proposed and got past this infill development, the kind, the likes of which we have not seen in this city, uh, ever. I've never seen anything like this pass. Uh, it's on twelve twenty two fifteenth Ave, so it's by Multinational and the Hampton Hub, so right in the heart of the uh, the Heritage neighborhood. Oh, on, on a block that you know is kind of like one of the hearts of Heritage, because you know it's like these two really phenomenal. Like Multinational makes amazing beer, I have to say, and uh, the Hampton Hub is a really great uh, vegan restaurant, uh, fairly new. They host a lot of. Uh, you know, workshops and uh, teach-ins and stuff like that. It's a really great, really great facility. So uh, this is like a really good little commercial zone that's developed on 15th Ave. And there were these uh, white row houses that were in serious, serious, serious disrepair. And um, so they've been bought. And uh, I think there's only like eight units or so on there currently. Uh, They're gone. They will be gone, and they're going to be replaced by a new building that will be six stories tall and provide 38 units of rental. But yeah, and so normally if a building goes above like two stories, the community freaks out. If it goes to four stories, like there are torches uh, being brought into Henry Baker Hall. Uh, There was, they did a community consultation People came out in support. 14 people responded to this wow. and said, yeah, we support this as is. We we want these people in our community. Uh, nine more said uh, they support it with changes. Unfortunately, most of those people are saying we want it to be two stories tall or three stories tall. Six stories is is too, too tall. Right. And only, only one person responded to the survey saying they opposed it outright. <laughs> That's really, really rare in this city for yeah. uh the NIMBYs not to like sort of step in and say, we can't do this. So this is exciting. I think Um, the person who uh, the developer is doing it talked about how it's going to have rooftop amenities, that there'll be a portion of the units that will be affordable. And um, uh, they're also going to be, the parking is going to be underground. Most of it, which again is, you know, very rare for this city. You build a bunch of apartments, you have to bulldoze another city block for the parking lot. That's not going to happen this time. Um, The reason that they're able to do this underground parking, according to uh, the person who is the developer who's bringing this forward is uh, the density that because there's six stories, 
38 units, they're going to be able to make enough money off of the rent that they'll be able to build a single story of underground surface, sorry, a, a single story of underground, underground parking. parking. Right. And that normally, like if you build like two stories of apartments, that's not enough, not enough rents to be mm-hmm. able to like, do that, that excavation. So um, yeah, Councillor Stevens looked at this and was like, you know, this is kind of like what we want to have happen all the time in uh-huh. the city and developers keep coming forward to us and say, say to us, this is impossible. This cannot be done, but uh, here it's happening. So he, he suggested that there needs to be administration needs to be doing a little bit more fact checking of developer claims when they, uh, when they uh, say they're doing what they're doing because there's no other way to do it. So that's exciting. Yeah, I agree. I'm happy to hear it. Yeah. So yeah, and it's, it's um he pointed out the developer that this could bring because it's uh 38 units that could mean 30 75 to 80 or more new people moving into this neighborhood. Uh that will be more than have moved into downtown in the last 10 years. Well, if you build it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. So, yeah congratulations he's done more to like revitalize the downtown than uh city council administration have done in the last decade but uh, just look, just think how many people you could fit inside an arena if only that like this was not one of those three locations unfortunately no but yeah but, but that arena will bring so many people downtown if like you get them in the arena and then lock the doors so they can't leave yeah good thinking no. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, last thing that came up at city council, I think it's worth talking about uh, heritage guidelines. They passed. Uh, these are maintenance standards for uh, heritage buildings. Um, administration basically explained it as like, look, this is not these, these maintenance standards are not insane. Basically it's just about keeping the weather out of buildings and making sure that, you know, the rain isn't coming in, there's no holes in the roof. Um, That's about it. Making sure that, you know, the downspouts are pointing away from the foundation. This is what they're talking about. Um, A few additional things that they have in there, security lighting, uh, a fire alarm. So that, you know, if somebody breaks in is squatting there and there's a fire, or if somebody is there legitimately like a security guard or something, and there's a fire, that uh, they'll be warned about the fire. Um, the the windows, windows should be secured in a way that'll prevent breakage and uh, prevent vandalism, but that also doesn't you know, denigrate the public realm outside the building. So don't just board up friggin' windows. Uh, do something nice. Hmm. Uh, this was almost derailed by Harvard, though. Harvard wrote in a letter and said, uh, we didn't have enough time to look at this. And uh, so this was this this these maintenance standards uh, went into limbo for a whole meeting, and basic basically they said they wanted more time, and then they raised a series of objections, which were things like non heritage elements should be exempt from being preserved, and we shouldn't be required to keep the heat on in buildings, and uh, we don't need a garden camera on buildings because owners can drop by and check in on them. Uh, and boarding of windows and doors should be acceptable. So basically, they wanted everything flipped. That's in, in, right. in maintenance yeah. standards. And it's also interesting that if the maintenance standards that are listed here had been in place a few years ago, the Burns Hanley building would not be falling down. The Burns Hanley building, which Harvard owned and allowed, like you know, some holes to appear in the roof and soak the interior of the building, and now the building is unsafe, has to get torn down this summer, and. Uh, yeah. So they were basically wanting the old standards that would have allowed them to uh, demolish the Burns Hanley building by neglect, allegedly. Right. Um, and uh, I think one of the one of the elements to this that uh, hasn't been brought up a lot is how because Burns Hanley let or sorry, because Harvard let the Burns Hanley building deteriorate. And now this year it has to be dismantled brick by brick 
because it's they're going to re- rebuild the facade later. Uh, this is one of the reasons that the folk festival and the farmer's market are going to have difficulty using the plaza this summer because mm-hmm. there's this extra construction project going on on the plaza. And there hasn't been this acknowledgement that the whole idea behind the heritage um, heritage district uh, around Victoria Park isn't just to, you know, preserve pretty buildings or, you know, architectural heritage, blah, blah, blah. It's also that, you know, we, we want to minimize the amount of demolition and construction that's unnecessary that's going on in the downtown because it affects other users of downtown, which is what we're going to be seeing this summer, thanks to Harvard letting the Burns Haley building fall apart. Mm-hmm. And uh, one last point I've heard, unfortunately, even with these maintenance standards in place, uh, administration is not going to have any way to like sort of force themselves into a building to inspect it. Uh, without like a court order or something. So they're only going to, they're still going to be stuck with doing like exterior examinations and then asking landowners to let them into buildings to inspect them. And if a landowner says no, uh, it's unclear from what I've read in this, these uh, maintenance standards, like how city would be able to, you know, force their way in the door. But anyway, well, you it's know- a step in the right direction. But I gotta say, I mean, if we don't let developers do like whatever they want, I mean, they'll, they'll they might get upset, and then uh, perhaps fill Mosaic Stadium with uh, with concrete. I I'm not entirely sure. Right. Or or they'll yeah. just leave the city and they'll take the riders with them. Then we'll be sorry. We'll be who will be sorry then? They'll yeah. say. Or yeah. or maybe they'll just have to like actually not let buildings fall down out of neglect. Yeah. And they'll still, and, the, and they can still like do stuff in the city because that's, that's the market. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or maybe other developers would come in. Who oh yeah. <laughs> who aren't so uh, problematic. Uh, speaking of developers. Hey, I think we're at like, a year and a half now since the developer came forward and demanded that they get a one-year surface parking lot approval for the corner of Albert and Victoria, the uh, former Capitol Point Hole. And uh, they said, we needed a surface parking lot there or else uh, we, we just can't develop. We can't develop that lot if we don't get a surface parking lot for a year. And uh, they never did to that surface parking lot and uh, that lot uh, still sits empty and unused. And uh, I don't know what these developers are doing, but uh, yeah, I don't know how this linked to everything else in my head, surface parking lots, heritage, to, uh, heritage. Those developers uh, making demands and like <laughs> veiled threats and then doing nothing. Yeah. No, I, I see. I see the connections in what you're saying. Yeah. I'm starting hey. to think that oh, that that corner is just simply cursed. It yeah. might. Be. Sorry, I'm having technical difficulties here. It might actually be a good time to call for an adjournment because everything is breaking here on my end. Oh, okay, so well, before everything breaks uh, tremendously, uh, okay, I second the motion, uh, which means the motion is passed. You've been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau at 91.3 FM CGTR, Regina Community Radio. Uh, we are broadcast uh, Thursday evenings from 7 to 8 p.m. We broadcast Monday afternoons from 3 to 4 p.m. Find us, obviously, at 91.3 FM, also cjtr.ca. You can find us on queencityib.com and on Twitter at queencityib and maybe one day, even on blue sky. Just, just cross your fingers and, and skeet, skeet for luck. And coming up next, we got uh, programming, music, all that good stuff. Keep on improving the track.